You are now listening to episode 88 of Doc Fermento Discovers the World, or as I like to call it, as Brian Discovers the World. My name is Brian Davis, and this is my show. And on this episode, I'm talking with my dear friend, Craig Zielinski, about a new project he's launched. You can find that project at strong.af. No bio, no other words, other than I thank you for listening. Hello. Good day to you. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're at. Well, we'll call it day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow, that was, uh, I just did like 50, 11 things, so I think was I'm it, ready. Was it fun? Actually, it wasn't bad. I, um, uh, I'm one of those, um, uh, what do you call it? idle hands you know guys like if i don't have something to do trouble uh-huh. soon follows and i interesting i quite readily busied myself today <laughs> and uh crushed a lot of it in at the end well i'm happy to hear that it's always it always feels rewarding to have actually done something with yourself yeah i went out and did a uh a late uh handyman call mm-hmm. uh did a nice job for the man. He was supremely happy. He paid me an extra twenty, and uh, got home, prepped the supper, made my tea, drank me vodka, ate some chocolate, did ten kettlebell swings. In that order? Um, yeah, I think I think I got it in order. Yeah. Excellent. That's uh, that's brilliant. Vodka, chocolate, kettlebell swings. Okay, good. Fuck. What do I know? <clears throat> Well, I've spent the entire day debugging code, and oh. my brain my brain is mush. So now you need to debug the brain. Uh, no, I really just need to turn it off completely. Just I off, think. yeah. I yeah, it's the hard reset. I <laughs> the um, it's actually one of my favorite uh, quotes of yours of all time is, "Sleep is steroids." Sleep is steroids. That's that's why it's a great quote because it's fucking true. Yeah, because it's true. Yeah, <laughs> the truth of it. Yeah, that is the truth of it. And uh, because of that, sleep supplements are very popular. Uh, yes, they are. <laughs> and, it, and and you know, do you know, uh, it's it's interesting. Like if you talk about sleep supplements, because. I really like magnesium. I'm a big fan of it. Gotcha. Yep. Um, it's when you venture into the realm of some kind of hacking, su- sugary bedtime cocktail. Oof. Yeah. That I'm kind of like where'd, fucking. Where did that up. come from? Yeah. Aye, exactly. Grow up. Deal with your curtains. Deal with your phone. Deal with your all your other tech. Um, deal with your hours. And then maybe start thinking about 
oh, maybe I'll have some magnesium to go along with this just for fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, I mean, uh, the, the magnesium yeah. that I'm talking about isn't the fucking powder form because that's for crazy people who like, want to shit their brains out. <laughs> I um, Of all the supplements I've tried throughout the years, um, magnesium is the one I return to as uh, right. for great results, uh, a really good like a like a neuro calming effect for bedtime. Yeah, yeah. I use a liquid form, or I'll take the magnesium citrate. Oh, my advisor has just given me a note that says powder is inside the mag pills. Well, yes. But there's a difference between natural cam and the Peori one, isn't there, Steph? There is powder in the pills. We will. That is fact. It's a different kind of magnesium. Well, the kind of I'm talking about isn't the the fucking the fizzy kind. I don't know what the I, they've got different names. I don't know what the fizzy kind is, but yeah, we'll just fucking we'll for, forget about it. Just stay away from it. There we go. All right. <laughs> hey, just so you know, this is the podcast. Yeah, I figured it was the podcast. Mm. I, I am I'm already recording because I was like, right, this fucking Brian character yes. pulls the trigger as soon as, so I better right. I better be ready. So yes, I'm recording my side of this conversation. You are always good. <laughs> well, I learned my lesson the first time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to sneak up on you like that. <clears throat> Sorry. That's all right. No, don't apologize. Yeah, I like your style. <laughs> the reason I really wanted to get you back uh, in the immediate was to discuss a new project you've created called Strong.af. Yes. And Strong.af is the URL. Indeed it is. Whoever and heard of .af until now? Well, I just couldn't believe. Like one day I was like, ah. Oh. As fuck, domains are available. <laughs> <laughs> of course, and that's what you thought AF meant. Right. Of yeah, course. Of course. Yeah. It could it mean means. nothing other. Yeah. Aye. So I was like, huh, I wonder if strong AF is available. And it was. And I was like, holy fucking the internet spending its time wide asleep. How could you have missed that one? <laughs> so I snapped up because I had to. And lo... The project was born. I love it that that's how it came about. Aye. Oh, There's before like, we get going on the strong okay. AF, right? I go what? Many people, goddamn, asking me, how does a Zelensky hail from Scotland? What's your story? Oh, okay, well, the story goes that my grandfather's father was Polish and my grandfather's mother was German and they lived in Leverkusen in Germany and he worked for Bayer Mm. and so granddad grew up during the war and he the great war (laughs) not the great war World War Two, and uh, he, um, let me think about this. He, he, because they lived in a Polish community, 
they had like a doctor who every time the the Wehrmacht or the Gestapo or whoever came round, it'd be like, right, all you fuckers, you need to sign up. And the doctor would be like, oh, this guy's got a sore eye. That guy's <laughs> legs don't work. That guy's got no fingers. You know, and he made up all this shit okay. so that they, they didn't end up getting conscripted, right? But as you know, Polish people had a tendency to disappear in Germany at that time. Mm. Um, so eventually, the good doctor was no longer with them. And so then what happened was uh, they uh, they came round and just rounded them up and said, right, you're all in this fucking Panzergrenadier Battalion. And, and this was towards the end of the war. And uh, so he did his basic training and the first place they went was Arnhem. And the shit was going wrong on the German side pretty significantly by then. He, he recounted a story about uh, his, uh, the, the lieutenant that was in charge of, of their guys. He walked past them on a bridge and the, the lieutenant was twiddling his luger in his hand, kind of absent-mindedly. And then the next thing uh, he heard this gunshot and he went back to see what it was and there was the lieutenant peddling in a circle having shot himself in the head mm. so things things weren't going well anyway yeah yeah so he, he and all his, his polish buddies basically under cover of uh, fog or something like that um about three or four days in to them being there fighting at arnhem they went over to the british lines with their hands up and they were like hey we're uh, we're polish Needless to say, the British looked at them and went, no, you're fucking not. You're all German. You're wearing German <laughs> uniforms. Yeah, yeah. And so they ended up prisoners of war in Dieppe. And then when the Allies finally figured out that they were uh, Polish, then they put them in the Polish army. So technically, Grandad fought on both, both sides. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, right? Wow. Uh, and so he ended up stationed in Scotland, because he was smarter than the average bear. They had him doing sort of signals and communications and things like that. He was a fast learner. He understood English. Um, and uh, and basically, after the war was finished, they gave him the option to stay or go home. And he was like, well, my home's fucking flattened, so I'll just stay here. Yeah. And he met a Glasgow bird, and the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, okay. So there you go. That's the answer to that question. It was a wonderful answer. Great story. <laughs> and I thank you. Now, I, I learned something as well. I did right. not know. Hi. There you go. That's the story of Jan Zelensky. <laughs> he, was a, he was a geezer and a half. <laughs> How do you mean geezer? What is that? Uh, he was like, he was just one of those guys, you know, would scrutinize everything and was a real critical thinker. Uh, always had a pipe in his hand and would point at things and people. Um, would enjoy toying with the lesser intellect somewhat. So, like, because he was a foreigner in the 50s in a small town Scotland, you know, they, they really didn't like him very much. Mm -hmm. So he, 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 he did all kinds of things, like used words incorrectly on purpose. Uh-huh. To, to sort of make people 
rather than fear him, be a bit like, oh, bless him, he's he's got that word wrong. Like, for example, he would call instructions destructions. <laughs> and people would be like, no, Jan, you mean instructions? Destructions yeah. when you take something apart? And he's like, all right, thanks very much. This but explains so much about you. Yeah, no, <laughs> but the, but the whole time he was, just, he was just fucking with people the whole time. Um, like, for example, he, he worked in the Highlands. And uh, they would say to him, Oh, Jan, look at that. The the loch is looking awfully black today. There's going to be rain. And he would quietly think, Yes, the loch is black black, because the fucking clouds are. You idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. That was Jan. Ah, uh, the reflection. Aye. Doubly so. Mm. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. So, you've started this strong.af site. Yes. What is its purpose and why? Uh, the purpose behind it is because, well, I wrote a post called The Opening Gambit, which kind of, for, kind of explains where I started. Um, I for the longest time was trying to find out how somebody could become strong. But my definition of strong over the years has changed. Um, originally, it was get big muscles. Then it was, you know, be an endurance machine that could su suffer for eternity. And then it became somebody who can lift very heavy things. And in recent years, I've come to understand that it's not strength is not just your ability to lift things. It's your ability to think clearly and critically. It's your ability to not be a dick. It's your ability to experience new things and be creative. And so there's a number of different aspects to mm -hmm. it. And you'll probably have seen this Um a convergence of this going on um, like for example um, my wife runs uh, Stupid Easy Paleo and on that she's got the Harder to Kill program and that's sort of got like four pillars um, Rob's new book Wired to Eat, Rob Wolf, mm -hmm. his new book it's got four pillars in it Rangan Chatterjee's going to come out with a book that's going to have four pillars. So people are people are starting to understand that it's not it's not just about one thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And apart, apart from the people that I've named, there are many many other people who I have discussed this with, um, and we're all in agreement that it's not just you know about what you eat or it's not just about how strong you are and all of that. And so I call that the, the riddle of strength. And the riddle of strength is, you know, being able to... Well, I'm not going to tell you what the riddle of strength is. <laughs> it's a riddle, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yes, because it's a riddle. But, but the idea is that, you, you know, you have to investigate these, these different avenues of your existence. And, uh, and you don't necessarily have to work on them. They're not necessarily, you know... You're not necessarily a failure, um, but it's just to be aware of them and, and you know, see if 
to see if it's possible to improve in different aspect aspects Excellent. of Excellent. your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a very simple, this might be, I don't know, a strange example, but um, people's approach to social media and how they communicate, mm -hmm. um, say you get slighted online or someone comes at you sideways, mm -hmm. and the way you respond really can convey some strength, some inner calm and strength, and you can see this in a, the different ways that people communicate. And I have a lot of respect for people who can calmly, reassuringly restate something mm -hmm. th just the way that they see it. They don't have to reinvent their words or anything because they are very sound in their beliefs and in the words they use. You know, they're not making it up. And uh, it's, it's, it's just a sign of strength for me. I, I see yeah. this a lot. Well... Here's an interesting point that you're making, specifically because you're talking about social media, and I'll give you some, I'll give you an interesting insight into that. Um, a woman called Megan Phelps Roper hit me up. Um, do you know who that is? I sure do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, she hit me up because, um, well, for for the, those who don't know who she is, um, and are interested, she's got a TED talk about how. At one point in her life, she was a member of Westboro Baptist Church, and how basically talking to people on Twitter pulled her out of that ridiculous bullshit and made her into a different person altogether. Uh, and it was people's ability to talk to her rather than just attack her. Yes, I have. This. I have dearly wanted to talk to her on my podcast yeah. about just that specific aspect that yeah. social media actually did something good yeah well it's really interesting and I, the reason that she absolutely is yeah and the reason that she got in touch with me is because i met my, my wife on twitter and i don't know who she was following first i think it was probably steph um but like she met her husband on twitter um and a number of other people that she's now friendly with uh, and they changed her perspective in a very, very, very significant way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is, it is possible, but especially for something like that, it takes, it takes a lot of character to, um, you know, to go past level one under those circumstances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's that. That's... Yeah, I yeah, just I, wanted to sort of segue, or not segue, but just inject that that sure. that like you know it is it is it is possible to not be a dick on social media. <laughs> it is, <laughs> although it's very challenging sometimes. <clears throat> yeah, um, I think when I most often am a total dick, it's just about uh, me explaining my story in a in a rather negative context. But well, I don't. I don't ever go at someone else like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you've approach. ever. I don't think you've ever explained anything. I think all you've done is made statements that we all have to try and decipher. Uh, so <laughs> it's not so. It's not so much an explanation. They're riddles. Than a, yeah, they're uh, riddles. Yeah, yeah leading exactly. to something in the future that I may reveal. And yeah, which is great. That's like there's the it's the never ending story. <laughs> yeah, man, I fucking love that shit. It's amazing. 
So what now? What's on your mind? Oh, what is on my mind? I really want to talk about this strong.af and um, okay. what is this? So you are, you are, this is your work? Yeah. Okay. You're writing these blog posts and... Yeah, all you, three of them so far. It's okay. You got to, you, you start at zero. So um, then but I think you're after a little bit of a community here, um, not just screaming into a void and not searching web hits. I don't think you're going to be cross-posting this on 17 different channels with cute pictures and things so well that's that's probably fairly accurate um the community aspect is uh is something that if it happens i'll be happy about i don't there'll never be a forum or anything like that but that said i like to hear people's opinions and i like i like to hear you know people's thoughts on things and, Mm -hmm. and i like to discuss things so if that happened, that would be uh, that would be pretty interesting to me. Um, there's a Get Strong AF Instagram and there's a Get Strong AF Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Neither of which I'm ever gonna really fucking talk to anybody on. They're they're just gonna be telling people, hey, there's a new post to go and read. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And then if anyone wants to talk about that post, then they do it in the post not on any form of social media gotcha yeah i've got a a real distaste for other people's platforms you know like facebook and instagram sure yeah you're just feeding that machine well well the thing is that you know they can shift the goalposts at at any stage and all of your work that you've done can fucking disappear unless you pay or well who knows what but regardless so yeah even if you were paying the ransom they could I, still shut you down yes exactly so yeah. i i fucking i hand built it i write it it's it's basically just everything and uh i've got a terrible habit of removing the things that i have done in the past um because like i was visiting dallas hartwig a couple of days back and uh, he was like, "What the hell happened to all your old posts that you wrote?" Because I used to have a, I used to have a couple of other websites that mm-hmm. I'd post on, and I was like, "That's all gone. I'm starting again, again, again." And he was like, "That was good shit." And I was like, "Well, we'll see if this stuff is as good or better." So I've, I kind of, I, I kind of like to, I like, I like to move on and I like fresh starts. Uh, I love it. I'm, it's yeah. funny because I have the same approach. I mean, I, I deleted 50,000 tweets. So if you go back, there's this big gap in my timeline on Twitter. At That's certain amazing. point, it goes back, it jumps back like five years. That's crazy. Yeah. But fun, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, you did a very curious and amazing little addition to the blog posts where you read the blog post. The blog posts aloud, which I thought was awesome. A nice well, addition. Yeah, I'm. Not, it turns out I'm not very good at reading things out. I never have been. What? No, so, no, no, no. I tell. No. I, I heartily disagree. Okay, right. Well, well, maybe we because be I'm hearing the finished edited product. Yeah, we're we, we're probably talking about two different things. Yeah. Yes. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah. you're talking about the version that, that I did and cut together and uploaded out of sheer despair that only has a <laughs> couple of 
weird things in it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. mistakes and like mispronunciations. But it turns out I'm really shit at reading things out. I'm like, I get confused. I jump lines. Mm-hmm. I uh, I say something incredibly difficult to say, and then the easy word after it, I completely fuck up. So yeah. Um. But you know what? It's quite fun. Ah, the, that's the key. only the only thing is though that it loses some of the sort of animus that I have in a real time conversation, um, because my written form is somewhat different from the way that I speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you know, in a in a conversation with me, you would hear different things. Like I would be more inclined to go in a fucking five and a half thousand word sideways rant <laughs> yeah so my uh because i have to edit the posts to be not too long not too short and what i mean by that is i've got a tendency to either ramble or be laconic uh. so i have to sort of find the middle ground and i'm finding that really really enjoyable actually and um, yeah so i read i read the posts out i haven't I haven't read out my third post yet, and that's because uh, I finished it when I was in another state, so I didn't have all my gear. So I'll get around to that this week. Excellent. I, I love this uh, audio stuff because, uh, say, um, I recently interviewed uh, a, a guy who makes music, an independent mm-hmm. musician. Yeah. And um, his, his process sounds a lot like yours. It, it's a lot of struggle. Um, you don't you don't you just don't know how bad it was but then the final product i'm just uh, i adore like i I love it i love i love the finished product and so uh, you know i was promoting this guy's music and had him on my podcast Mm -hmm. but he hates it he hates the process (laughs) but i just want to give him a reward by telling him how much i i thoroughly love his music you know yeah yeah i get that and so the same thing with the you re- reading the blog posts. I love uh, reading them and then hearing them. It's it's this great uh, mix where it like gets like doubly impactful for me. Well, you know, there's a reason. Th- there's another reason for it, right? Um, and the reason is when I do the dishes, <laughs> when I do the dishes by hand because we don't have a dishwasher. I love to listen to Christopher Hitchens. Okay. Right? Um, his his written form, for me, is a bit, you know, is a bit of a struggle to climb over all his prose, right? But when I hear it, I really, really enjoy it. And it just, like, falls into my head and it's, it's great to listen to, especially his voice. He had a great voice. I really enjoy listening to him. So um, I thought, well, maybe, you know, somebody who can't be arsed sitting down and reading or you know, it's a hassle for them to do it, or, you know, they haven't got a computer, so they're looking on a phone. And usually, you know, there's a lot of words there. It can be a bit of an arse hassle. So I was like, why not just narrate it, and then they can listen to it and get maybe little extra things like the cat meowing in the background or me <laughs> quoting what are the worlds, the musical, the start of it. Yeah, some, yeah. Or just some silly bullshit segue. So, like, there might be Easter eggs in the... <laughs> in, in the the posts that I read out that don't actually exist in the in the real thing, who knows? Well, I think it's just awesome. Like I said, yes. I, I love that uh, the 
dual mode of receiving the information. And, you know, it's not like you've launched a podcast to go along with the blog where you have this long form three hour conversation and things like that. So it's just a reinforcement. Do you know why I haven't got a podcast? Hmm. I, could, because, I don't even know if I could venture a guess. No. Well, because it would be fucking hosted on not my website. That's why. Ah. <laughs> it would go. It would be on iTunes, and then everyone would spend their time on iTunes rather yeah, than yeah. like engaging on the website. So it's like mm-hmm. an alternate platform. Fuck alternate platforms. Strong I, AF yeah. is at strong AF. Nobody. Nowhere else. Yes. Yeah. I um. I had a problem with that myself. I had built uh, a decent audience with my podcast, and uh, I took two years off, uh, but maintained my website. Mm-hmm. But uh, iTunes just decided, well, you're not publishing content, so they shut my URL. Yeah. So then when I relaunched my show, I had to get a new URL. So mm-hmm. every fucking link on the internet is broken that points to my show. That's super annoying. Yeah. And that's, so, yeah. Yeah, I just want to avoid shit like that. I can't, I really can't be arsed with all the wrangling of other things. <laughs> right. It's hard enough to do a single task, let uh, yeah. alone having Aye. someone else botch your work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, fuck it. Although, gonna... that's it. that said, I might make albums. I might make albums of all the blog posts. That's pretty that, fantastic. That would that would be funny, wouldn't it? If you could like buy an album of. <laughs> it's like to- back talking. in the day, yeah. They used to sell, you know, comedy was released on vinyl. You could get. Aye, spoken word. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I run this other podcast that's never been released with uh, Matt, and um, we had um, promised to release them all on cassette. And then so people could just pop it in their cassette player. Those 18 people that have cassette players still. I think there's less than 18. (laughs) (laughs) But it might just be our audience. We might hit the niche that we were seeking all along. That was our idea. Mate, what the fuck? Cassette? Yeah, fucking cassette. Why not? How are you even going to, like, how are you even going to do that? Have you got, like, recording Gear no. that you can record on a tape or what? Fucking pipe dream. You see, you're doing a podcast that's never going to be released. We've un- recorded until cassettes roll back around. We've recorded every single week since January, so that's, we have I don't know how many weeks it's been twenty five or something. That's fucking mental. Do you know what? You should just release it on vinyl. There you go. Because more people, I bet you, more people have vinyl than cassette. You're, you're, you're yes, for sure. I just love the fact that someone would have to flip that goddamn record over to hear the side B, Mate, where all the cool content is buried. I, that, that's a great idea. <laughs> I'll have to look into that. Yeah, do it, man. Vinyl. And my wife's going to be thrilled when I buy a printing vinyl press. <laughs> oh, of course she will. <laughs> I don't have enough other abstract thoughts yeah. clogging up the fucking channel of our lives. Yeah, <laughs> Brian's hair brain scheme number 347. That's right. Yeah, they're endless. Yep. And I always do, I move on every idea, and I so I clog up our space with ideas. 
doesn't matter, mate. Like as long as you can start and uh, implement, that's fine. I've just I've always had a tendency to start and get bored very quickly and go ah fuck it. Yeah, that's me too. Yeah. I'm All right. Not, okay. Yeah, I just have a. Uh, it's just the mental my mental style where I I I race forward. And then I get to a certain point, and I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, there's some challenges here I can't beat. Let's find something else. And then I'll race yeah. towards something else, some other goal. Got you. It, that's the interesting thing about Strong AF, because it was percolating in my mind for a long, 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 long time. And there were multiple components that I couldn't get my head around. and there were other ones that I would basically you know just let stop me dead in my tracks in terms of implementation and like I'm almost amazed by myself that it actually exists and works and runs and (laughs) you know what I mean like like, I, I honestly when when it launched I was like holy shit I've actually done something mm hmm and I mean, I've done other things, but like, this is probably one of the the first things that I've ever been actually proud of. Well, you did it for yourself, and not to collect a paycheck, obviously. So Aye. it makes a well, difference for some. Do you know what's Do you know what's interesting? Most of the things that I do, I do to entertain myself. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. It's it's purely for my entertainment, and. That includes it, my mate Skozatron. He once said, Zelensky, you've got a very odd definition of fun. <laughs> because some of the things that I would do f- to myself, like, for example, in a gym setting, you could, you could say were horrifying. Um, but I would just, like, I would do that out of enjoyment. Like, seeing if I can squat a heavy weight for, like, 30 reps or something yeah, like sure. that. Yeah, sure. So, in, in some respects, maybe you could look back on it as saying it was stupid or something? Well, no, I don't know. Like, I think it's that sort of basic human thing where you're like, I wonder if this is possible. Oh, this okay. Is going, T- yeah, that, that's what I mean. Testing I, capacity. I, yeah, but then going, this is, this is shit. That was the worst thing I ever <laughs> did. Mm-hmm. I never, I'm going to do that again, or maybe it wasn't so bad. Actually, I could have probably gone heavier. Uh, I'll probably try again next week. What better like, way to find out? Yeah, like, humans are just so fucking stupid when it comes to that. The prime example being, you know, marathon folk, people who run marathons. Mm-hmm. Like, they suffer for three and a half, four hours, and then they finish, and they're destroyed for a week, and then... They've got pictures of all their mashed feet and their Your toenails have fallen off. Yes. Yeah, and all that bollocks. And then they go, when's the next one? <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Same with CrossFitters. You know, they'll go in and they'll, I'll watch them thrash themselves senseless. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, that was the absolute worst. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Well, you know, some of that work that they're putting in, you know, produces some brain chemistry. Well, that's that, exactly that what it makes. Is. The, it is. That makes the good feels, yet they may be doing some damage to themselves. Well, the thing about the good feels is, 
No, it's a moving target. You've got to do more to get the same moving fields. Mm. Um, or rather, the same fields. Yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. you just have to keep... That's why it's it's a fairly sort of self-destructive thing if you're not 100% aware of what you're doing and why. Um, because the wheels can or probably will fall off the wagon at some point. Yeah, I um, you know, I I don't know anything about strength and fitness and so what's right, right and wrong and, but I do think I know a few things. So, for instance, there is a very large shopping center near my house, mm-hmm. and there's a very large CrossFit box there, mm-hmm. and there is a sprawling blacktop parking lot. It's huge, mm-hmm. and whenever you drive by, there's always cones set up. And all the newbie, overweight, middle-aged people that are mm-hmm. seeking some health and fitness or whatever it is that they're seeking uh-huh. are out there jogging across this hot summertime blacktop. And yep. the fit trainer dude is there at the doorway waving them in, you know, like, mm-hmm. come on and get your reward for, yeah. you know, grinding it out. And yeah. I think to myself, man, that does not seem like a good approach. Well, it is an approach. It's the it's the suffering approach, which a lot of people feel like is the most rewarding thing. If you're not suffering, it's not worth anything. Um, unless you're insane, it's a very, very, there's a very, very finite sort of, timeline that you can go on suffering for mm-hmm. um, unless you're sort of either a, a special snowflake or a mentalist um, so but the interesting the interesting thing is like um, me and Josh uh, trained together Josh you've had on on the podcast before yes. mm-hmm. and uh, people are gravitating towards the kind of training that we're doing because they've done the weeks and weeks or months and months or years and years of thrashing themselves senseless mm-hmm. and they're just done. They're done with it. Yeah. And so they're like, Wow, you guys are getting you guys are getting so strong and you're making good progress, what are you doing? And we're like showing up three days a week and just not pushing the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, taking it easy and some of the people that Steph talks to you know they'll they'll get in contact with her and they'll see something that she's posted and they'll be like oh you're so strong I wish I can get strong but uh-huh. I just can't yeah. and then she's like what do you mean you can't get strong and they're like oh because they crashed out on some other approach I did perhaps. I did I was doing six days a week and I was intermittent fasting and I was keto but not keto enough but not keto enough <laughs> And yeah, I tried that and then that didn't work. And so I started doing my own programming and I've been doing that for two years. And then Steph will be like, what about, you know, just a linear progression? Why why don't you try that? You know, squat, deadlift, press, bench. I'm like, oh, that's boring. Mm. <laughs> I hear this a lot with food. Oh, yeah. A lot of that's people because think people, eating good they, is boring. Yeah, that, do you know why? Because they can't fucking cook. That's why. 
it's taken two generations for us to forget, completely forget, 100%, how the fuck to cook any food. So what yes. these these cooking is boring people, they're having fucking steamed broccoli and chicken breast because they're afraid of meat that looks icky. Mm-hmm. That's fucking why. It's as simple as that. And this the the uh, the loss of the of the awareness that the process of cooking is a very rewarding and I'll even say spiritual uh, activity. Uh, preparing food for other people or even preparing food for yourself, especially, say, not just a family. What if you're just alone, just a single person in the world? The fact that you would step aside from the world, you know, make a halt to the world that's out there and make yourself a meal where you prep, cook, clean the whole thing and enjoy, that's a that's a an impactful thing to do. It really is. But there's a problem. And well, there's more than one problem. Um, People, air quotes, don't have enough time or are, air quotes, too busy. Um, If you're too busy to cook and eat, then you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. But people don't know they're fucked. And, And they're also... Like, societally, they're supposed to be like that. They're supposed to be fucked. So that they buy a TV dinner instead. So that they, you know, spend their hard-earned dollars on shit food to keep the economy ticking over. Rather than planting something and, you know, going to the local butcher. But that's another story. Mm-hmm. The other thing, the other thing is, do you know the difference between focused attention and diffuse mode thinking? Absolutely, yes. Okay, right. So, the other thing about, like, preparing food is that it, you actually turn your brain off while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. If you are used to doing it, like cutting food, and you know what you're doing, right? Which means that's recovery for your brain. That's right, yes. You have and it's, background problem-solving going on exactly. in so this peaceful state of mind. That's, that's yeah. exactly right. It's basically yeah. like the same sort of idea as standing in the shower. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I was going to make the meditation comparison. Yeah. Well, any of those things that turn off your focused attention a little bit and you're just like put, making connections in the background, then what happens is all of a sudden you've you've come up with a solution for something out of nowhere, you know? And you're like, ah, fuck that, yeah. Or you remember the name of a song or <laughs> yeah. like a, a, an actor's name or something. You're like, oh, that's that person from that conversation or that's where that I saw that person before or whatever, right? But because people don't know how to cook, then it's like this massive, like, focused stress of they're trying to figure out what the fuck they're doing, right? So they don't get that. They don't get to relax at any point, which means they don't get to settle their brain and if they don't get to settle their brain then they're just in this sort of state of i don't know survival mode the whole time you know mm-hmm. and i could see how this would carry over into the eating of the meal itself um that your state of mind going in and are you sitting down at a table eating food that you or your wife or your whoever or you prepared with your children and then you mm-hmm. sit down in a different mindset to have the meal yeah, well, well, that's the thing. Yeah, you're preoccupied and you're exhausted and you don't want to fucking talk to anyone and you will fit down and 
you want to catch up with the next episode of Game of Thrones and you don't want to talk to anybody because your your brain's just absolutely fried mm-hmm. so that's yeah that's one of the problems that we face you know it's very very difficult for people to uh, to slow down these days and they don't realise that slowing down actually makes you more efficient ah that's very good yes well, what's the old what's the old thing? More, less haste, more, less speed, more haste. I can't fucking remember what. Don't it is. know it. Aye, there's 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 some old saying that's basically haste, like haste makes waste. Aye, something like that. It's basically yeah. like you know, slow down and everything will be better. It's it's actually the same with uh, sometimes with Olympic lifting. Like so, people are so eager sometimes to get under the bar that okay. they don't—they're mm-hmm. not patient enough on their second pull, so they're always struggling to get under the bar when it's heavy, rather than, you know, getting to absolute full extension and giving themselves more space to get under the bar. And as soon as you're like, right, okay, I know this—this this lift lasts less than a second, but. You have to slow it down. <laughs> yeah, um, my friend Matt had uh, mentioned something similar to this. He said he just walking into a gym, he can tell who knows what they're doing and who doesn't by, um, for instance, he he mentioned someone on a bench. If their mm-hmm. feet are calm and in mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. and they stay there where they're supposed mm-hmm. to be, and they mm-hmm. make their lifts, versus the person with the twitchy feet the lifting of the legs, the, you know, perking mm-hmm. and jerking. And yeah. I see this a lot when I watch uh, lifting videos of different people with, um, like, s- super active feet. Like, they look like they're never co- quite comfortable. I don't know anything about powerlifting or Olympic lifting, mm-hmm. but I just look at different people, and I can see um, someone who's getting better results, or it looks like they're performing better. Yeah. That they're, they have a... a a grounded state. I don't know a yeah. better way to describe it. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. And I mean, everyone's got to start somewhere. Don't get me wrong, but um, taking your time. Like nobody wants to take their time anymore. Everything's, at least in the West, everything's a rush. You know, uh, time is scarce. Time is running out. Blah blah blah. So we have to go as fast as we possibly can. Um, and that also applies to you know people who want to achieve things. They want to achieve things yesterday, mm-hmm. overnight, that kind of idea. Yeah, which shows you how like not grounded in reality people are. Except it seems to me, at least, that society kind of gears you that way. You get everything instantly. Everything should you should get everything instantly. And so that's the way that people's brains work. And uh, at the end of the day, you know the most important thing you can do is slow down and take your time. It's the turtle in the hair. It's, it's exactly the turtle in the hair, you know. At some point, the turtle overtakes the hair because mm-hmm. the hair's fucked it by rushing its ass off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, the turtle is armoured, so it's better anyway. Yeah, there's some great uh, jiu-jitsu analogies, you know. You can dive in, make that quick strike, the quick takedown, but then yeah. you you sink in 
and you get hooks in to the other person. Mm -hmm. And you learn this a lot if you get to spar with like a black belt mm -hmm. because you suddenly you're on your back. And it, yeah. it was so fast that it, it there was no time. Yeah. Then there's nothing happening. It's mm -hmm. the strangest thing, but the person yeah. is sinking in on top of you. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. suddenly you are fucked beyond belief. Yeah. They could yeah, do yeah, anything yeah. to you. It, totally. It's <clears throat> it's actually funny you should mention jujitsu because uh, did you know that Steph started doing it? Yeah, I, I do remember that. Did she did she hang in there with it? Was yeah, it interesting man, she's, for her? She's, yeah, she's having so much fun. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, she she's having great fun and She's a white belt, still obviously, and now people are really starting to have problems with them. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, <laughs> it was funny. We were pulling up, we were pulling up to the, we were pulling up to the gym last week, right? And she was just sitting there holding the steering wheel, shaking her head. And I looked at her, and I was like, "What?" And she's like. Dude, I can I can bridge pretty much any motherfucker off me now. <laughs> Doesn't matter who they are or how heavy they are. Uh huh. Uh huh. Nobody's nobody's gonna if I bridge, they're not gonna hang on. Yeah. It's just it's just a matter of time, and that's funny because that was a discussion we had ages ago that I was talking about, and then Josh was talking about about you know what happens when you put a strong person in a gi. Mm -hmm. And they and they start to get an idea of the sort of fundamentals of of jets, and yeah. the answer to that is they can be a white belt that just makes everyone's time infinitely more difficult. Yes, yeah. I um, I was sparring with a a man, and um, he had this. He was incredibly strong in that mm -hmm. midsection, and he would just bridge, and I would mm -hmm. just flop off. Yeah, and there was nothing I could do, and I just said yeah. to the the black belt coach who was the standing there, and I was like, "Well, I can't, I can't stop that. What do I do?" And he's like, "No, you, you, you're you're correct. You cannot stop that. Yeah. You have to find some other thing to do yeah, yeah, after yeah, gonna, this happens to you. Yeah, you're if you want to sit there else. and struggle with that, you are fucked. Yeah, that dude is gonna do that to you for the next twenty years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty funny. I remember seeing a video of. Uh, Josh, when he was at a competition, and it was his first comp, you know, he's a white belt, and uh, the guy swept him and got mount, and uh, Josh basically just fucking threw him off. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, threw him off and then got mount on him, because mm -hmm. he was like, ah, oh. I mean, you could see he was, he was lying there, and he was like, oh, that was silly, I messed that up. I better reset and try again. Yes, so you fucking right. ragdolled the guy off and went sat on top of him. It was so, so good. This just goes back to what you were talking about, strength. So mm -hmm. if that happens to you, you get swept, you land on your back, you might get the wind knocked out of you, your brain might go into chaos mode, and mm -hmm. you might react, and that is negative and weak mm -hmm. instead of having the strength of maintaining your breath, your composure, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And responding with strength, and that's yeah. why I'm really glad my children are in jujitsu because they learn so many of these lessons. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like staying calm. I mean, I don't do jujitsu, and um, it's just one example of. Yeah, you know, I'd get many, my head strangled years. off, but maintaining your composure, like from watching from watching fights and what I understand of it, you know, maintaining your composure is you know, 98% of the battle. 
well in that and pretty much anything else as well. Mm-hmm. Sure, unless you are some, you know, they'll use the term beast mode maniac that can strike someone in the face with one shot and knock them out. Well, but that's yeah, different. Yeah, that's the thing though. That's a, that skill doesn't really have, you know, there's no legs to that. And you you see this in fighters that get super popular, like knockout artists who are mega popular because they just ragdoll people. When they get like older, you'll see them start headhunting. Mm-hmm. And that's very specifically chasing people around the ring with their right arm, mm-hmm. hoping that they're going to successfully knock this person out, right? Yeah, they've... Um, they've- beat to death this one attribute of their of yeah. that they have yeah. yeah and they've got older so they're not as fast now these are great and lessons for life yeah and like you know the younger the younger fighters watching that hand and is circling out and is doing lots of clever things to avoid it and then you know world famous knockout artist headhunter gets knocked out himself mm-hmm in the third round, because he's absolutely gassed and he's just gassed. flopping about like a yeah. idiot. Yeah. Yes, yes. So these beast mode alpha type people mm-hmm. are all gonna get fucking squashed, all of them. Yeah, yes, yes. All, they're all gonna fucking lose. And I, there's another. I remember, I remember two things. The first thing that I remember is, um, chimpanzees. If you've got a hyper-aggressive leader mm, of the mm-hmm. pack, yep. so to speak, um, then what's going to happen is he's going to dominate for so long, and then a whole bunch of people are going to take him down. Yes. A whole bunch of chimps are going to tear him they to fucking pieces. They will literally rip his arms and legs yeah. off and yeah, eat yeah. his throat out. Yeah, yes. exactly. Right. Um, yeah. That's It's not the same if the leader of the pack spends a lot of time with the females and the children and is very conscientious there's a sort of graceful aging process and then you know at some point somebody steps up whether that's an aggressive alpha or um another of the same guys yeah and someone that he's groomed you know yes. through the familial familial way uh, and to also, be more like him yeah i also read a th- an interesting thing about jails about the sort of alpha hardman personalities in jails and that is, you know, they're they're at the top for so long, and at some point, they get shoved in the shower and mm-hmm. down they go. Whereas um, people with altruistic tendencies in the jail setting have a tendency to live out their sentence and remain in some form of, you know, protected kind of lifestyle within the jail yeah, because yeah. Mm-hmm. because they're not dicks. Which kind of circles back to, you know, don't be a dick. And actually, I think I want to write a post about alphas and how A-type personality, A stands for asshole, not alpha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I might write that at some point. Yeah, and, um, you know, the way I view society as a whole, it's uh, I basically view it as a prison setting. And I, I would draw all these analogies into... Everyday life as well. Oh, yeah. 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 I know you are 
highly interested in the altruism equations. So um, I think we'll save that one for another another episode because Absolutely. it is a, one of my favorite topics. Um, I actually had a professor on to talk about altruism once. Oh, really? Yeah, it's uh, Dr. Dugatkin, and we talked about Peter Kropotkin. Nice. Yeah. That is I'll, some uh, great stuff. I'll need to chase down that episode then. And, like, and this sort of circles back to like what Strong AF is about, and that is, you know, that I'm, I mean, I don't know everything there is to know about all of these things, but I like to, I like to talk about them, and I like to investigate them, and I like, I like to sort of have other people think about them and talk to me about them as well. Mm-hmm. I think um, I, I like you a lot uh, in this mode where, as um, let's say, I see you as a coach with, at a very high level who can communicate to the entry-level person. And that's a special gift. A lot of coaches just simply can't make that bridge. They can only coach at like their level or people who are like super com- you know, in um, competitive mode yeah. versus from the ground floor, build a core of strength up from there. I've got a theory about that, or rather a hypothesis. And the hypothesis is that if you were shit at something and you had to work at it, you're going to be a better coach. Mm. And the, re- mm-hmm. the reason is because you you can see and comprehend the struggle, uh, because what what I've seen is, you know, high level athletes. The high level athletes that I know, and know of, who have coached or have become coaches, aren't very good. Because at some point they run into something that they can't decipher. They can't understand why this person can't do this thing. Mm -hmm. But they've got no words to be able to articulate what might be the problem and how to work around it Mm -hmm. or how to work through it because they've never had to themselves. It's too abstract. So they just sort of stare blankly and are like, don't do that. Do this. Yes. Do you know if there isn't a story for solving a problem in a person's mind, they often can't solve very simple problems. Yeah. This has been done in um, psychological, psychiatry experiments, where cultures that, what they would do is test various cultures, and in certain cultures they would have um, inherited stories built into the culture of some story where a problem was solved. And this is something someone learned from birth. Then Mm -hmm. as an adult, they would uh, give them this simple problem. If someone mm-hmm. had those stories built in, they could easily solve the problem, of course. Yeah. But someone who didn't have those stories built in couldn't solve some pretty basic life problems. Yeah. It's a really interesting concept. And I, I, so I'm bringing this back around to the coach who's gone through and built the story from the ground up and been mm-hmm. through it all, then yeah. can reflect on that and knows how to solve all the various problems that occur as someone's emerging onto the scene of, you know, the pursuit of strength or whatever it be. Yeah. Well, that's that's something that's been 
a lot of fun for me um, this year and, and last year, specifically talking about strength training. It's because our gym has a it sort of established a powerlifting aspect to it. And most, about 98% of the powerlifters are female. And so the way that I've been coaching them is two-thirds athlete, one-third coach. And they've got a tendency to all show up at the same time and train at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in various pockets, groups of this, this the same people. Um, and so now when I'm not even there, they're able to coach each other uh-huh. and... You built a little, through. a little team, a little tribe there. Well, well, yeah. But when you train somebody, when you train somebody with the mind to them being a coach, whether or not they want to be a coach, it means that they can assist other people. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they can see when something's when something looks right. They can see when something looks wrong. Uh, they can use the cues that perhaps they were given or somebody else was given. And so it's it's incidental to the training, but what ends up happening is they're like automatically, they've got a, a sort of deep understanding of, of human movement. Yeah, I see. I think I missed a bit of your statement in the uh, initial setting there when you set this up. Yes, I get it now. So you're training the person to all be a coach, two-thirds, one-third coach. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. I've seen this a lot um, where people say you, you kind of need to let go of the fear that, well, I don't know everything, so I can't coach anyone. Bullshit. If you've put in some work, you can coach yeah. someone along the way with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, the key well, the key is that you don't actually know that you're coaching. You, you know, you're just you're just paying attention to what's happening and yes. you're you're offering assistance. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as somebody forgets themselves, everything seems to go better. Like, if if they're not thinking about themselves and they're thinking about the person that's doing the thing, then everything will everything will go better. It's the same thing like when people are like overthinking when they're lifting. I'm like nobody's consciousness ever lifted anything. You can think about you can <laughs> yeah, think about this yeah. once you've finished. Mm-hmm. You can maybe give yourself a cue before you go, then turn your brain off, then see what happens. Mm-hmm. Then you can turn your brain on and and have a wee think about it. There's a huge brain all distributed throughout your body. You don't necessarily need to keep that conscious mind as the leading dominant force. Well, I know, and it's like the it's just a, a really low-end shit parsing mechanism that's doing half a job of trying to explain what we're doing at any point. You know what I mean? It's like the yeah. lowest bandwidth, super rubbish add-on to a human, and yet we like that's the thing that we walk about yep. caring about yes, the whole that, thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So dumb. It's like having like a super powerful computer and a like half inch LCD display. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like viewing the world through a little tube. Yeah, Aye, yeah. exactly. Like, what what the hell do you want to achieve? You're not going to accomplish anything doing that. 
Oh, wow. That was an hour just like that. Yep. Boom. Simples. Straight through. And that was a good hour indeed. Aye. I thank Aye. you for your time, Craig Zielinski. Well, my dear fellow, anytime. It was good fun, as always. I, I thank you and good night. <laughs> night, night, mate. Catch Bye. you later.